Chapter Fourteen of the Pocket Measure by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Fourteen: A Problem. All the girls in Mrs. Spafford's parlor bestowed puzzled glances on each other and were silent. Mrs. Spafford had been talking with them eagerly and rapidly. She was full of enthusiasm herself. She looked to find a response from at least some of them. She had unfolded her plan to organize a young ladies' mission band, to be connected with other bands in the city, to be governed by the rules already adopted by the majority of organizations. She had explained the nature and object of the meetings, had suggested methods of conducting them, plans for interesting others, the amount of money that would be expected from each member, and the few and simple rules by which they would be governed, and then she had asked if they were ready to enter into some such effort, modified and enlarged as time passed, according to their views of things. It was at this point that she was met with profound and puzzled silence. Evidently the girls were astonished, and also a little disappointed. They had indulged extravagant fancies in regard to the possible object of this mysterious meeting. It was a descent into a prosaic world to have the call mean nothing but a mission band. "'I don't know anything about missions or missionaries,' ventured at last one of the bolder spirits, with an embarrassed little laugh. "'Neither do I, I am sure,' chimed in another voice, which Mrs. Spafford afterward learned was apt to be a leading one. Thus encouraged, each and all began eagerly to disclaim all knowledge of mission fields, all acquaintance with missionaries, and, I had almost said, all desire to become educated in these directions. "'Oh, well,' said Mrs. Spafford briskly, "'then we are the very people who ought to have a mission band. One of its objects is to become acquainted with the field, and to have an intelligent knowledge of missionaries.' shall we not by all means try to supplement our educations which seem so deficient in that direction i say we because i have recently awakened to the fact that i am alarmingly deficient and i want you gay young ladies to rouse me to a pitch of enthusiasm come let us vote to organize forthwith and make a complete success of it and stimulate others Still those girls looked at each other and held back. They were not touched even with the romance of missions yet. It looked like the dullest of all ideas. They saw no possibility of getting any fun out of it. And what do most girls at a certain age live for but fun? I don't know, Marion Wells said slowly. It seems to me that our mothers are the proper persons for such work. They are interested, and they know what to say when they get together, and we don't. Then Mrs. Spafford. That is just the point. The mothers, some of them, know what to say, and the daughters want to learn so that they will know. Besides, don't you know that it takes girls to push these things? I look to you to set the mothers an example. Doesn't it strike you as a pleasant thing to think of meeting and studying up these matters together, each adding a bit to the general interest? Mrs. Temple tells me that the young ladies in the Twelfth Street Church enjoy their meetings exceedingly. The trouble is, said Addie Stowell, speaking evidently for a number of them, 
or at least the trouble with me is that i really haven't any money to give i could go to father and coax him to give me ten cents a month i suppose and he would try to do it but really he has just as much as he can do to get along and i know even ten cents a month would be inconvenient to him sometimes besides i never could see any sense in girls going to their fathers for money to give and then calling it their giving it is my father who does the giving in such cases and why shouldn't he do it in the first place without having to pass it through my hands it always reminds me of mother letting me carry the scissors to auntie when i was a little thing she taking hold of the points i always supposed that i carried them and was highly delighted but i would like to feel that i had gotten beyond that stage mrs spafford turned toward the eager energetic speaker with a gratified face here was her first breath of encouragement here was a girl who thought for herself and had thought out certain problems sufficiently at least to desire to find the answer having broken the ice of reserve there were many voices to sustain her i feel very much so declared one and another and yet another until half the young ladies in the room had assented of course i can go to papa for money exclaimed miss lily archer toying gracefully with her parasol as she spoke but what is the sense papa gives for missions always subscribes largely to the boards and that is just the same as our giving of course so i think there is no use in asking him for more besides what a miserable little drop in the bucket ten cents a month would make that would depend upon how many drops fell into the bucket said addie stowell promptly who always came out on the side that seemed to her at the moment the logical one whether or not it contradicted a previously expressed opinion don't you have a definite amount of your own to spend according to your judgment questioned mrs spafford of the fair lily oh dear no i never could get along with definite amounts i am never definite about anything the way i do when i want a thing i buy it and send the bill to papa and he pays it and that is the end of it and miss lily looked around on the group of girls less fortunately situated with a pretty little air of superiority she was glad that her father was a millionaire as for mrs spafford she extended her inquiry and found that in all that company of girls some of whom had fathers quite able to furnish them with small amounts of their own and teach them how to systematically use them only two were being thus educated then of course she gave some moments of thought to that useless wish which has been wished over so many times that it is threadbare if she could only get the ear of the fathers and mothers of the church and beg them to bring the next generation up with a due sense of the importance of individual responsibility and the relative value of money and souls the work of evangelization would be done meantime taking life not as she would have made it if she were a grandmother and these were all her grandchildren brought up by her thus far but as it was being lived before her now in all this flutter of prettiness and silliness what was she going to do with them she confessed to herself that making pretty machines of them to be used in passing ten-cent pieces from their father's pockets to the treasury of the church 
was as little to her mind as it was to Addie Stowell's. Yet here were the facts. Those who could have asked and secured definite amounts to use as they pleased did not please to assume responsibilities, would much rather live in the careless, irresponsible fashion that they had been educated. Beside, even though they had caught the fancy, they were not sufficiently interested in missions to pledge ten cents a month and conscientiously abide by the pledge. They could promise, oh yes, and so could parrots, and she was afraid that there would be almost as much sense of the sacredness of a promise in the one case as in the other. Another fault growing out of the fact that she was not their grandmother and had not brought them up. Another point, by far the larger majority of these girls could not have commanded definite incomes ever so small. Their fathers were, some of them, too poor, and in other cases thought they were too poor to do anything of the sort. Then there were always some without fathers, a few already dependent on their own exertions for support, and most of them had so many wants, real or fancied, that given a certain sum of money to spend as they pleased, Mrs. Spafford was almost sure that they would please to spend none of it on such an unknown cause as foreign missions. "'I don't believe in foreign missions anyhow,' murmured Lena Bacon, and though the others hushed her warningly and shook their heads towards Mrs. Spafford, and were too carefully educated in etiquette to believe it proper to express their views on this point in such a presence, yet they were by no means too well educated not to agree with Lena. If anything was done with these girls, it must be foundation work. First principles that should have been learned at their mother's knees, murmured Mrs. Spafford, and then she showed what manner of spirit she was of, by saying also to herself courageously, Very well, Callie Spafford, they will never learn them earlier, now see if you can teach them how to begin that was the question it was not a new question to mrs spafford she had thought of it many times during the past week and was in part prepared it is very evident she said in a clear business-like tone that the first thing we need to do is to make some money now she had the attention of every girl a scheme for making money they were always ready to hear about nay they were ready with suggestions we might have a festival or fair or something of that kind immediately and with eagerness said one of their number whereupon equally eager voices joined in and affirmed what they thought to meet and make fancy articles and have a fair would be just lovely mrs spafford was in no sense dismayed she had not lived through twenty-five years of life and managed many girls without having heard frequently of fairs and festivals and old folks suppers and young folks concerts and character parties and tableaus and mum socials and socials that were not mum and oyster suppers and strawberry and ice cream festivals and any and every other imaginable device for obtaining money for the cause she knew this disease in all of its phases had special possession of the girls and must reach its crisis one thing was certain if out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh 
the hearts of these young misses were very much set on matters of this kind for they immediately became voluble and mrs spafford had to rouse herself from her study of human nature and plunge into the thick of it for fear they would have a tableau party organized before her eyes why do you suppose we always think of devices of this kind whenever we talk about money for the cause of christ it was a general question but after a little astonished pause addie stowell answered why because we girls have no other ways of raising money when we want to give anything and don't want to coax our fathers to do it and let us call it ours we're just obliged to make fancy work and have fairs and oblige people to buy what else is there to do why mrs spafford do you object to such methods of raising money let us see if we do miss stowell didn't i hear you say you could not command money of your own suppose you could use some to good purpose if you had it i'd like to have the chance once said addie with prompt emphasis and the girls laughed very well now i propose that you make a number of fancy articles tidies pincushions and the like and some cake and perhaps coffee and have a fair in the course of a few weeks at your house and announce it in church for the benefit of miss addie stowell and on the evening in question let all these young ladies flutter around and beseech people to buy your tidies and cushions and cake be sure a good price is set on them perhaps just twice what they are worth will not be too much considering the object and let an almost persecution be kept up during the evening by yourself and friends for the sake of the cause how would that impress you mrs spafford said addie with glowing cheeks and eyes that did not seem to know whether to sparkle with indignation or dilate with amazement why mrs spafford chorused a dozen other voices and laughter and exclamations of astonishment and dismay were the order of the next few minutes meantime mrs spafford asked calmly have i caricatured church fairs in the least young ladies isn't it a true picture but mrs spafford that would be a personal matter so different from a church why it would be a perfect insult my dear girls and the gravity of their hostess's voice quieted all the company shall we be more regardful of our own personal reputations than we are of the cause of christ utter silence for a moment and then marion wells came to the front but mrs spafford of course we know that church fairs and all such things are managed disgracefully generally but suppose we had one that was managed right say we worked hard and got a great many pretty things ready and just set a proper price on them such as everybody would own was what they were worth and then had our entertainment without tormenting people just letting them buy what they pleased and kept out all objectionable things there couldn't possibly be any harm in that mrs spafford hesitated not because she had not to say but because she was not certain of her material could she take real high ground with them come out from among them and be ye separate would they understand that be not conformed to this world would they understand that if meat maketh my brother to offend i will eat no meat while the world stands 
would they understand that studying their faces bright pretty faces though they were she much feared that it would be like speaking in an unknown tongue well she said thoughtfully i presume i shall differ with some of you but do you know i have a tendency toward being independent like miss stowell wasn't it you my dear who never liked to ask your father for money to give and then pretend you had given it yourself i agree with you i don't like to work hard on a yellow dog we will say curled up on a piece of canvas filled in with black or blue or something and then have mrs jones say to her husband at the tea-table my dear you must give me some money to-night i suppose i have got to go to that fair the girls are urging me every time they see me i shall have to buy something of course i think i shall get that yellow dog that one of them has been at work at so long they will have a horrid price on it of course and i shouldn't think of affording it for a moment if it were not for the cause of course we must help the mission work along so mrs smith comes to the fair and buys my yellow dog and shows it to her friends and says it is not very well done and was a ruinous price and she doesn't really care for it but of course she had to buy something and so for the sake of the cause she took it now whose money is that which the yellow dog earns if mrs smith speaks literal truth hers or mine it was impossible not to laugh and many of the girls being quick-witted saw the point and admitted that they had often been cross for days over the remarks that they had heard about work being bought not because it was admired or desired but for the sake of benevolence when in fact there was no benevolence about it declared addie stowell stoutly mrs parsons is forever talking in just that way always buying things at fairs and festivals out of pure benevolence it is no such thing she always haggles and minces until she gets the worth of her money and more too and buys just exactly what she wants and calls it charity i don't believe in such people i don't believe in educating people in that way said mrs spafford promptly taking advantage of addie's illustration haven't you often seen gentlemen eat fifty cents worth of oysters and cake and cream and fruit and celery and i don't know what else and pay twenty-five cents for it all and think they were being benevolent hundreds of times said addie but now look here mrs spafford what can be done about it there is no other way that i know of for us girls to earn money i wish there was i hate the whole thing myself i never went to a performance of the kind in my life that there wasn't a fuss of some sort before it was all over somebody's feelings are always being hurt somebody takes too much on herself or somebody doesn't do anything but mince around and give directions oh my i know all about it but i don't see any way out End of chapter fourteen